This episode of A Different Brilliant has been dedicated in memory of Dr. Daryl Treffitt. Dr. Treffitt saw the brilliance, capabilities and strengths of people with disabilities, including those on the autism spectrum. He will be greatly missed. Made for autistic people, parents and carers of kids on the autism spectrum. This is a different brilliant with Orion Kelly. No two autistic people are the same. Open conversations that inform and engage a better place for autistic An aspect people. podcast focusing on the strengths, interests and aspirations of the autistic community. Welcome to a different brilliant. Thank you so much for listening to A Different Brilliant. I'm your host, Orion Kelly, and I'm autistic, and my purpose is to inspire, inform, and entertain you through focusing on the strengths, interests, and aspirations of the autistic community. On this episode, we're exploring autism and savant skills and what 2E, or twice exceptional, means. My guest is Dr. Trevor Clark. Trevor is the National Director of Aspect Research Centre for Autism Practice. Trevor, thanks so much for joining me. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you. Now, before we dive in, I would love to get to know the context around uh, your research and your passion for the giftedness and autism field. Could you explain to us why you decided to, to research and explore this field? It was a chance meeting. When I started my career in the field of autism, I was a special education teacher. When I moved across the ditch from New Zealand many years ago to Sydney, I had a temporary teaching job for Aspect in one of their previous schools. So I had a, a small class of five students one of the five students was an incredibly interesting young boy, an Italian boy, I think he was about nine years of age, and he displayed exceptional savant skills. Once I learnt more about what is a savant skill, what are these, which are really spectacular islands of exceptional skill or ability and they really stand apart from the the person's overall level of ability so this boy had at least eight of these special skills so my job as a teacher was probably made even more interesting by the fact this boy spent most of his day looking for the particular items of interest. So he had what we call a hyperlexic skill. So he could read, write, spell anything, you know, way above his chronological age and peer group. And he would spend most of his day looking for books, encyclopedias, newspapers, so he could read and absorb the words. And often (laughs) the challenge came as his teacher was he we looked for ways to escape <laughs> the the school. It was a very small um, school, so I was often seen in hot pursuit of the student. And <laughs> that's kind of where my original entry into this field began. You know, I'm a very strong advocate for the need to facilitate these skills in autistic 
children and adults. When I listen to your story from the very yeah. start, it, from my point of view, it just it just tells me it's a great illustration to people listening that you know we all have a purpose when we put on this earth, and we we, we find yes. we find it in the most bizarre ways. But most of the time, the key Correct. the key to finding your purpose is to not look for it; is to just yes. to, and and you did Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great story. Yeah, thank you. I really hope people listen to that and go, yep, okay, great. There's a purpose for me and I'm just going to live my life (laughs) and it will present itself. Now, I want to move on to really the the key terms and definitions. I feel, this is just my opinion, there's still a misconception among the broader neurotypical community that... As a rule, most autistic people are savants. Now, we know that that clearly isn't the case, but I want to break down the key terms and also their association with autism. So if you you don't mind, one at a time, could you break down, talk us through savant skills, exceptional abilities, and the term twice exceptional, which some may have seen as 2E. Could you talk us through those? Yes, absolutely. And there's most definitely a connection between those Terms. So starting with the first one, savant skills, they originally, I guess, were identified right back at, at the beginning of the history of autism with Leo Kanner, who was the original creator or defined the term classical infantile autism. When you look back to Leo Kanner, the first group or cohort of young children he saw who classified as being autistic, when you read his work, they also displayed exceptional special skills, not in every single one, but it was present in many of these young children he saw. And over time, and through the work of Dr. Daryl Treffitt in the US, Daryl Treffitt defined the term savant syndrome and that was uh, as a result of he was a psychiatrist. I'm just going to catch my breath. He just passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. No, and it's it's kind of I thought I'd be fine talking about it, but it's so fresh. And man, you know, absolutely no. Take, take yeah, sorry, take yeah, your time. I'll just take, take a moment. Take your time, All right. Yeah, so, take your yeah. time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. No, take no, it's fine. Yes, this man was extraordinary, and he mentored me. Let people know about him and tell him why it was important to you. So take your time, yes. and then don't hide it. Okay, sure. Daryl Traffic, he passed away in the US. He was a very famous US psychiatrist, and he was part of the group with Oliver Sacks and such huge names in the understanding of the human condition and behaviour. And he, he meant a lot to you? Yes, he did. I was extremely privileged to, when I was doing my PhD, to come across his work, and so I made contact with Gerald Treffitt as he was really the world's guru on savant skills and savant syndrome. And from that moment, this man, he mentored my interest in this field, which was his lifelong passion. I'm very sorry for your, for your loss. You're clearly, yeah. you're clearly affected yes, by it. And, and, that, and hopefully absolutely. you can use that energy to, to take, take the, his work and, uh, and move it forward. Absolutely, yes. And I think the whole point of you know, my interest and Daryl Trevitt's as well was in promoting, advocating, making people aware that often, and particularly in the case of autism, sitting alongside the impairment or disability, there can be 
incredible strengths, interests, and, you know, sometimes prodigious gifts. And so Daryl spent his life promoting working with groups, and he originally came across autistic people when he was head of a psychiatric institution way back, you know, in the 50s, 60s in the US. And from that moment, he took it on as his, I guess, his passion in life to make people aware and to explore much further what were savant skills, you know, how could possibly quite severely disabled, sometimes non-verbal person display incredible skills. And savant skills, they really are quite a discreet group of skills and they really, I'll just quickly give you the range, they include memory ability. So extraordinary memory for birthdays, postcodes, you know, US presidents, whatever topic it may be. I mentioned hyperlexic for incredible reading, writing ability, spelling but not necessarily with understanding or comprehension, but that incredible, can spell anything, artistic ability. You know, when you hear of cases in the media of, you know, incredible skills and gifts by a disabled person, often it's in the artistic field, arts or ceramics, and generally it's limited to those two. Incredible music ability, visual spatial ability, which is mechanical. You know, Daryl Traffitt saw, you know, this evident in some autistic people who had these abilities. You know, they could assemble, disassemble any object or IT equipment without ever looking at a manual. Mm. Calendar skills, the ability to say what day of the week, any date in history or time felt. Arithmetic calculation, again, similar to calendar. Athletic coordination. Generally, that's balance, incredible balance. In my early days as a teacher of students with autism, I couldn't count the number of students, young children, preschool, who thought nothing of walking across the top of the fence. I've heard reports of children that climbed on the clothesline and were walking on the line without falling off. So those are some of the discrete savant abilities. But the research and, you know, my own study, PhD, it seems to indicate that incredible memory ability underpins most of these unique skills. So that's really a definition description of what is a savant skill. And Darren himself, Daryl Trevor, really separated them into savant one, savant two. So he recognised there were different levels, savant one being, you know, one of these skills I've just described that stands in contrast to the child IQ or developmental stage. Yes. Savant two was a prodigious savant. And Daryl's view was there were only a limited number of those, and they were the pianists, you know, the calculating famous twins, incredible artists, but my own work indicated that there was a much higher rate percentage than even Daryl thought originally. The other skill you asked me to talk about is exceptional skill. So savant skills, when you look at these particular abilities in relation to autism, uh, savant skill is one of a range of what we call exceptional skills. So 
the work I've been doing and with my team and colleagues around the world on these studies is savant skills form one of the exceptional skills. The other one is called relative strengths. And again, I would imagine these are a bit similar to what Daryl Trefford called a savant one skill. When a child is diagnosed with autism, in fact, it's evident, particularly the cognitive test, it may be the autism diagnostic assessment, but there seem to be relative strengths compared to their overall profile. And that's common in very young children when they're first diagnosed with autism. So we've got the savant skill, which is probably at a higher level than the relative strength. And then the third area of exceptional ability is really the field that I have been working on as well, is that many, we believe, also fall into the gifted range. And I guess my knowledge and understanding has come from meeting Emeritus Professor Mirica Gross and doing studying gifted education, you know, mainstream gifted ed, and bringing the two together. And we are looking in some of our current studies, looking to explore a bit more fully about what is the rate of gifted people on the autism spectrum. By gifted, I mean that almost meet the same criteria as any child, you know, without a disability that may be assessed as being gifted. And we know here in Australia, some states have specialist classes for gifted students. Well, so that's kind of a cohort I'm talking about, even though they don't, for a gifted child, they're meant to perform in the top 10% of the whole population. But my experience is that gifted students with autism, they may get close to that 10%, but there are many more out there than we've first thought. So those are the three areas of exceptional ability and really the term twice exceptional. It's the overarching term that's used now in the field of autism. I guess I've endowed traffic, even Temple Grandin in the US kind of introduced this term into uh, the field of autism. Yeah, because we think that this is a group we need to focus on and identify better than we're currently doing now because they may have great potential for their own lives as adults to live a more satisfying and improve their quality of life if we identify these range of skills and school-age students on the spectrum. And that makes sense. And also, thank you very much for being so uh, open and honest in that conversation. We, I really appreciate yes. it. I want to talk about getting a bit of, a, I guess, a yardstick. Are autistic students who display exceptional skills, including those savant skills, are they being supported? And, and how does that support work in this day and age? Well, can I be frank? Mm. The answer is no. They're not generally being supported and this is I guess my reason for continuing research in this field working with other university collaborators working with an emeritus professor Patricia Howe in the UK who's just now recently retired but one of autism's leading researchers primarily her work was done in understanding adults on the spectrum the outcomes for adults 
and Patricia actually joined a recent study that I'll talk about shortly that we've just finished. And she's, we've been doing that project six years and this incredible researcher stayed with the project and she was very interested in this topic herself. And in 2009 did a study of adults on the autism spectrum and came up with a percentage of 29% actually displayed um, savant skills. So that kind of triggered an interest for me to design a study with my team. So I'm the director of the Aspect Research Centre for Autism Practice. We actually only officially opened 18 months ago. But our whole aim is to improve outcomes through more research about services, programs, supports, practices, primarily for Autism Spectrum Australia itself, its own approach, services, secondly, to the wider, what can benefit wider autistic and autism community. And I guess where I'm going with this, Orion, is you said uh, currently these students, these skills being identified and facilitated in the school's education programs today, well, as I said before, the answer generally is no. And so we're trying to do research to raise awareness and research evidence of the rate percentage of these students and therefore, like the field of gifted education, and what my learning was that the field of gifted education, believe it or not, has done more research on gifted autistic students than we have in the field of autism research. So we're playing catch up at the moment. I think your honesty, your honesty is exactly what we need. You know, saying no, call, yes. calling it out, saying you've got to catch Absolutely. up. So where are we headed? Well. We are beginning the journey, and I'm pleased to say that we've been doing some work with the Traffic Centre in the US. This is a centre in Wisconsin that was set up in the name in honour of Daryl Traffic. Primarily, they're offering programmes to young preschool-aged children with autism and with a focus on identifying their savant skills and, you know, trying to incorporate them into the, the work of the teachers and therapists. And what I discovered was when I was there, they were planning their first autistic school based at the centre that was going to be established for young students with autism who displayed exceptional skills. So with their lead, you know, I, prior to being Director of Education, I mean... Research, I apologise, I jumped straight back in time. I had the dual role of Director of Education for Aspect and Research, so I ran the two programmes. So I guess for a number of years I've been trying to facilitate this topic and better educational programmes our service, but I was delighted. Traffic Centre opened the school last year. It's going extremely well. So there's only limited number of such education programs worldwide. There is one in Los Angeles. They have any child with a disability and they generally, the children who enrolled again, display some exceptional skill. In my view, when I visited, was I would say the majority of the students were on the spectrum that I met. 
And that, interesting enough, the Bridges Academy is run by Dr. Susan Barr, who spent her most of her career in the US and gifted it. You know, there's not much being done, but there are pockets. At Aspect, we um, have started training our teachers on how do you identify these exceptional skills for our students? And number two, how does a teacher include those skills into the educational programs? And I guess just to talk about our, one of our research projects, it's gone out for journal publication. We developed a survey of our parents and teachers. It only went to four of our nine aspect schools. We were interested in several questions from the survey and the Traffic Centre has also joined the study as an international partner along with a school in China, Guangzhou. But the outcome of the study is with just the Australian sample, Orion was 28.9% wow. of the students reported by either a parent or teacher displayed one of these exceptional skills. So we're just now feeding the information back to our nine schools and staff to highlight the importance and the actual numbers of these students that we need to work with. It sure um, does. You know. When you think about it, it is extraordinary. And there's, I feel like even though we've come so far, there's, you know, this is a new thing. We've got um, yes. so far to go. And I guess we're, we do, we're really. starting at the yes. start. We're, we're starting at the start. We're doing the best we can. And, and that's really what it's all about. But I think a concern uh, as, an, as an autistic adult with an autistic son is as yes. these autistic people who may be exceptionally uh, skilled or gifted, as they enter adulthood and the workforce, as they yes. leave school and go into what we want to call the real world, do you foresee barriers and challenges that are going to be blocking them fulfilling their potential? It's very interesting you raise that question because we <laughs> I commence our new study. It's been approved by Ethics at the Associated University and Aspect. We are actually doing interview study of adults on the autism spectrum who fall into the twice exceptional or gifted range. A study based on the topic has never been done before. And so just it really what we're exploring with them in the, this project and the interviews, and we, I personally know many you know, autistic people in this country who speak at our conferences, involved in some of our research, who without a doubt fall into this gifted, some extremely gifted range of people on the spectrum. We're asking that question. What have been the barriers or the enablers, facilitators, to your exceptional skill during your school years? Asking the same question post-school. What have been the challenges, facilitators, since you left school? So we believe that we will gain a lot more information around that very question you've asked. And it's extremely important because if we're going to truly understand how we should help autistic children in their schools, how to promote, enhance, develop these abilities, and the whole reason that we're looking at this topic, and I know Daryl Trevor was about improving outcomes for autistic adults. 
And unfortunately, I mentioned Patricia Howland, the UK researcher. Currently, the outcomes for adults on the spectrum is very poor. And I think that's kind of the big driver. It's not about our or my interest in this particular topic. It's knowing full well that, you know, for 40, 50 years in the field of autism, many of our interventions have not actually resulted in those long-term positive outcomes. So this is the other reason we're doing this work, because that question has never been tested. Can the focus on exceptional skills in students, and I'm talking preschool-age students on the spectrum, because in my original study, PhD study, I had four- and five-year-olds who displayed these skills. And so it's about facilitating that later in life, hopefully their outcomes will improve by this renewed, and it's what we call a strength-based focus yes. in the field of autism. And, you know, you will understand that, you know, for the last 40, 50 years, we've been focused on the deficits model. Yes. Our diagnosis is based on the impairments or observable deficits. And we don't... <laughs> Don't yet give equal justice to, well, let's explore the strengths. Is that the way forward for many autistic people that we've yet to explore? From my point of view, I'm really thankful and excited to hear that. I think it'll be great research. And I know from from my own personal experience, it's been a very up and down career life for me. And and I've worked worked at the absolute height of Australian radio and TV and I, I've, I'm self-taught in, yes. ev- in everything. It's clearly um, a gift I have with regards yes, to teaching absolutely. myself how yeah. to, you know, work radio studios yes. and, and I can, you know, I taught myself how to professionally edit movies and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I mean, it's one of those things where I look back and go, geez, I, I feel like my career and my life has been, I yes. guess, at the height, was- wa- wasted really at the height and at, at a more realistic yes. thing, a little bit unfulfilled. So I'm really looking forward to that study. It's interesting to know what I learnt by stepping outside of autism. Years ago, my studies, looking through the lens of gifted ed, mentorship is one of the major educational strategies still used today for facilitating the gifts of the mainstream non-disabled gifted students. So really, what I've done is just borrowed some of those strategies in gifted ed Drag them over the fence in the field of autism education and my original research showed great results. So just in terms, I did a quick analysis this morning and really in this country, and I guess this is from our recent survey, the research project of our parents and teachers I talked about, if we take 29% as the possible rate or presence of exceptional skills, of the autistic population in Australia, that equals about 103,500 you know, people who actually have these incredible skills in this country. And I could tell you probably 20 out of that many who have been supported to make use in their own lives, in their own personal leisure recreation, as well as for future employment, etc. So... I think that underscores there's way more people on the autism spectrum and in the Australian context with these skills 
but there is not enough work being done, you know, to support these abilities for that many people. Here, here, and I'm glad we've had an opportunity to shine a light on it. Trevor, I feel like we've been through a lot in this conversation. Yes, we have. I, <laughs> I apologise. No, do not. Lectures. Do not apologise. Actually, I'm really thankful for you being so open and honest and raw, and yes, I, I really, you. I really do appreciate yeah, it. Not at all. Thank you very much again for inviting me. My guest was the National Director of Aspect Research Centre for Autism Practice, Dr. Trevor Clark. Open, open, honest and engaging conversations on autism. A different brilliance with Orion Kelly. To learn more, catch up on the episodes or send us a message. Like the Aspect page on Facebook or visit autismspectrum.org.au. Thank you once again for listening to A Different Brilliant. I appreciate it. Now, if the episode has resonated with you, I'd love it if you'd consider sharing it with your family and friends so we can reach more people. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, well, you can like the Aspect page on Facebook or send me a message via my website, oriankelly.com.au. A Different Brilliant is an Aspect podcast. Executive producers are Lisa Cassidy, Dr. Tom Tutton and Julie Fenwick. I'm Orion Kelly. Thanks for listening to A Different Brilliant with Orion Kelly, an aspect podcast on the strengths, interests and aspirations of the autistic community. Our door is open anytime, so like the aspect page on Facebook or visit autismspectrum.org.au. My aim, make the world a better place for autistic people.